Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Engel. Deep, deep cuts. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Deep Cuts Lost and Found. It is round number 11. We're doing a special show tonight. It is called Splits and Spinoffs. It is bands that have left their major bands, side projects, other projects that sort of fit outside of the primary band uh, history or trajectory, as it were. Uh, I'm here with my best friends from Needham High School. We all graduated back in 1987. It is Derek Brain, it is Chris Nashawadi, it is Bill Federko, and myself, Thomas we are digging through our crates for some of our favorite deep cut songs. Again, tonight the theme is splits and spin-offs. Lots of interesting stuff. No solo records, just splits and spin-off bands. It's deep cuts. So if you hang out with us uh, at the very end, we're going to have a nice little, um, we're all going to vote essentially on our favorite discovery, our favorite deep cut of the night that will be coming. And then if you're interested in hearing more, we're going to do one more round on our Patreon page and you can check out some of the, the winners will go first. So they get to be the lead off hitters in that. So let's talk first about this particular theme. I think Billy, you were the first one that basically threw this idea out. Yeah, sure. I was the one who threw it out there because we lost our good friend, Rich Air, who we hope will be returning to the show, but, uh, now, we, of course, expect Rich to come back, but we figured since he was not here, since he split, why not do a theme show? So we did uh, splits and spinoffs. So as Tom said, we're excluding solo records, but any sort of uh, split, like a uh, classic example, you got Duran Duran, they became Arcadian Power Station, or you have the English Beat, they became Fine Young Cannibals in general public. Right. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I think it's going to be a fun show. I like the vagueness of the topic, to be honest with you. I think everyone will interpret it in their own way and um, will make it extra sort of spicy. We can debate about like whether or not certain things like technically qualify as falling into this category. I just think it's roomy enough that like uh, elbows may be thrown. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, we had some pregame chatter about solo records. That's right. I feel like I have one choice that's like perfect definition of this. And then another one that's not as much. Um, and certainly removing solo records or artist named records made something super easy into something a little, took a little more digging, a little more thought. I was also thinking about whether we should do like one and dones, but I thought, my God, that's super narrow. <laughs> and it's kind of hard to define, which I think is part of the fun of this. It's like you go through your record collection. Like normally I would use like the tools, like I would search for years or I would go through certain parts of my vinyl collection, which right. I know are kind of landing in the right time period. And I'd be like, oh, there was a pale head record. Do I care enough about this? to talk about it this week, you know? Yep. And on the flip side of it with this, it's really tricky because I kind of went through random lists of things that I loved and just said, are any of these split bands? Are any of these like, you know, side projects? And what was nice is I found a lot of tracks, just individual tracks I loved. And I never thought about the band ever again, but those songs really struck me. And I think that was sort of the guiding principle for me. Well, let's start out. Who feels pretty good about doing a lead? Anybody want to kind of volunteer to be the first one? I'll kick it off. There you go. Chris Nashawadi. Yeah, you do it. Yeah, I'm going to go with sort of a side project for two guys who couldn't be more different. The artist formerly known as Johnny Rotten and Africa Bombada forming Time Zone. I love it. I love this pick. <laughs> yeah, this is 1984. The song obviously is World Destruction. It's like London meets the South Bronx. It's so great. I mean, it's like you would think that it's like um, oil and water, but it works like a fine vinaigrette, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how these two ended up in the same room? I have no friggin' clue. No, I have no idea. And it was one and done, as Tom was mentioning before, right? Yeah, this was a one and done collaboration. And One um, of us has the 45. 
or did. Oh, I remember when we used to spin it back in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, and it's a great song, actually. And um, it was really fun to listen to it again. It had been a long time since I listened to it. So uh, it was one of the first songs that sprung to mind. And um, yeah, hit it, man. Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 11. It is Splits and Spinoffs. Here is World Destruction. remember when we first heard this because i feel like we heard this at some point in high school and i kind of remember well i mean i don't remember the exact moment but we used to practice this when we were djing in our various basements or rich's uh billiards room and rob was a big fan of this song actually oh interesting did we play this at dances i think we just do it before i don't think we ever played it yeah yeah i I don't think there was a bat mitzvah where we played world destruction world destruction (laughs) everybody up for some time zone (laughs) for me this is one of those songs that have a little extra on it because it was on some mixtape that was in we're sort of of this generation where we had these mixtapes that you know were made by tom most likely for me at least interspersed with fletch quotes yeah (laughs) but you know and that there were just certain mixtapes that you listen to over and over and over again. And when you hear those songs many, many years in the future, they trigger something that's different from other stuff yeah, that true, wasn't true. part of these sort of specific high rotation uh, mixtapes. And this is one of those songs. And I didn't really realize that until I just heard it because it triggers something different than other other stuff does. This was a mixtape. This was on one specific mixtape because it really kind of just yanked me back in a way that other stuff doesn't. <laughs> and you kind of know how to anticipate the next song on the tape, which is the great thing about those things is like, you can't forget right. the sequence. Yeah. Right. But you know, it's, it's a fairly timely message. Yeah. Um, you know, this could have been written last week. <laughs> could probably reprise this one. Yeah. We'll bring back this and Planet Rock, his other uh, yeah. hit, so to speak. That used Kraftwerk, I believe, as a sample. Yeah, and then you got like the Aerosmith Walk This Way with Run DMC and these sort of interesting rock-hip-hop hybrids, which feels pretty early for that in a lot of ways because Johnny Lydon was kind of also in the New York scene. I don't know to what degree, but I think he started collaborating with people in New York and New York was bustling between like 1980 and 84 as far as how hip-hop was kind of, I don't know, crossing over and and getting new fans. It's an exciting kind of time period. I, I love, it's a great pick. It's a great pick. 
Billy, where do you want to take us? Uh, well, I can't compete with African Bombada, but... Um, oh, sure you can. Few can, Bill. Few can. Few can. Exactly. I'm going to go with a uh, spinoff from the Afghan Wigs. I'm going to go with the Twilight Singers, Greg Dooley's band that he started. Actually, he started, I think, before Afghan Wigs actually broke up, but uh, didn't put out the record until they were officially done. Put out a number of records with the Twilight Singers, and then actually he's back with the Afghan Wigs. This is from the fourth record. It's from Powder Burns. The song is... $40. I always thought it was a song about the commodification of love because he talks about, you know, love for $40. But doing a little research, I realized love is just a, a code name for cocaine. Nope. And, uh, <laughs> which makes the song even sadder. It all falls under the vice rubric. Yes. 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 Prostitution, drugs. Correct. So this was recorded uh, just after Katrina in uh, New Orleans. Greg Dooley at the time was uh, getting clean. And uh, I guess the drug dealers down there would refer to love, you know, love for sale and uh, all you need is love. If you listen to the song, you'll hear the Beatles references. He talks about she loves you. Yeah. All you need is love. Love is all you need. Hmm. It's a great song. He sings it from the perspective of the drug dealer. He tried to change his voice on, on each song on this record, taking on different characters. I hope you like it. It's called $40 by the Twilight Singers. some shared songwriting credits probably on this one. I'd be curious if it's marked as words and lyrics. Do you have to give any points for that one? <laughs> I think this one he wrote while he was still on drugs. I think he said he doesn't even uh. remember writing this song. Hmm. Other songs on the record were some of the first songs he'd ever performed or written while sober. This was a, a pivotal album for him getting clean or more, more or less yeah. clean. Was his drug abuse bad? I mean, I don't know much about him. Every day. 
He said he was, you know, taking lines off of the amplifier in between songs during shows and wow. people didn't know what he was doing. He was just turning his back to the audience and just taking another line of coke. Wow. Yeah, he was really bad. It reminds me of uh, Fountain in Fairfax, which is on the Gentleman record. Yeah. And I didn't know what that meant until I went to Fountain and Fairfax. And there's like a, there's an, an Alcoholics Anonymous uh, location there. And mm-hmm. so you see a lot of people hanging out on that location. And it's like, it's usually young kids and then a few older folks. And yep. it's kind of like a, a snapshot because I used to drive past that all my way to KCRW when I had radio shows there. So every day I go past it and I would frequently see people hanging out there. And it was kind of like a snapshot of like who's who's kind of struggling and finding a way to kind of stay sober in Los Angeles at the time. It's an interesting pick. Yeah. Greg Dooley makes sleaze sound so sexy, you know, he's, that's really kind of a specific skill of his. Sign me up. $40. That sounds like a deal. Yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> well, Derek, uh, would you like to continue with the drug theme or do you want to go somewhere else? Uh, no, I will not continue with the drug theme. I love the story of the band Firehose. It's a story of of grief, of rebirth, of kind of youthful kind of innocence on the part of this new member of the band. It's a story of like people taking a leap of faith. Firehose came from Minutemen after the tragic death of Dee Boone. You know, Mike Watt, they weren't just band members. They were best friends. They were practically brothers. And Mike Watt was just totally crushed. And this kid, who was like 21 years old, this kid, Ed Crawford, later known as Ed from Ohio, the story is that he was at some show with um, Camper Van Beethoven and they were messing with him. And they told him, oh, I heard that the guys from Minutemen are holding auditions for new guitar players. And Ed, this kid, he loved loved Minutemen and like essentially drove out to Pedro and knocked on Mike Watt's door. So far, this story makes me love Firehose even more and yeah. hate Camper Van Beethoven. So far. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I know, right? What bastards. Such a mean thing to do <laughs> to a kid who like totally took it seriously. So this bright-eyed kid shows up and like says, you know, I want to I want to play with you. And Mike Watt was still kind of reeling from the loss of his best friend and had no interest in playing music again because it was so tied up with Dee Boone. But something about this kid, he decided to just give him a shot. And they played together and they became a band and joined by George Hurley, the Minutemen drummer, and they just became Firehose. And, you know, there was definitely part of like my college years, you know, I got introduced to them there and the Minutemen had been there the year before I was there and then Firehose came the year or so after. But I just love the story about it. This is a song from the the first record they put out, Raging Full On, uh, from 1986, a song called Chemical Wire. The song has like the DNA of Minutemen, because how can it not? You know, it has Watt and Hurley on it. But just like Minutemen, there's such a, the sound is very much from those three people in the band. So it still sounds like Minutemen, but it has a different third person. So it's different, but it's just great. It's just got Hurley's really jazzy drummer, uh, jazzy drumming and uh, Mike Watts, you know, some pretty acrobatic thunder broom action <laughs> and uh, Ed from Ohio. But this is uh, Chemical Wire from the band Firehose from their album Raging Full On. It's Deep Cuts Lost and Found Round 11. Blazing chemical wire, no furniture from the fire. 
Make your bed a big briar. Thorns of chemical wire. Can I ask a question? Oh, yeah. As someone who's maybe not hep to this stuff, uh, what is Thunder Broom? Thunder Broom is what Mike Watt calls his bass. Slap it to bass. So Mike Watt has his own kind of language. It's sort of this like weird, <laughs> like nautical influenced kind of beatniky language. And he's got all these sort of expressions and names for different things. And Thunder Broom is what he calls his base. Okay. Double nickels on the dime. Okay. Yeah, double nickels on the dime. He's, you know. I had to go to the Urban Dictionary. and um, Oh, I don't know if it would have come up in there. You would have to go to the Mike Watt Dictionary. <laughs> no, it says uh, a bass guitar, especially one used to great effect. For example, Morphine's Mark Sandman sure did know how to use the old Thunder Broom. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know. I saw them probably fire hose in... Um, at the living room in, in Rhode Island at some point. And Mike Watt broke a bass string on stage. Ouch! Which, A, is not something that happens that much. you got to be really going at it to actually break <laughs> yeah. it. That's a thick gauge. But he changed a bass string during the song. Like he kept playing on the other things, kind of reached behind him, grabbed a string. <laughs> like, th- like during the song, oh, he wow. changed his own string, tuned it up, and like just That's kept crazy. like- That's crazy. Kudos. He did all this. Like he's so, it was just this whole, this instrument is such, a, such an extension of his body that like he just did all this <laughs> like in the course of a song. He's like stitching his own wounds. <laughs> totally, totally. Right. It was amazing to see. It was so cool. I hope he got a good round of applause afterwards. <laughs> he did. There really was. People all saw what was happening. Does he play with a pick? Uh, or does he finger? I think he's a finger popper. He's a finger. He's a finger guy, I think. Definitely. Man. Yeah, he's something else. Must have some large calluses. Yeah, but he's just a great personality, too. Yeah, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's an absolutely brilliant human being on every level. He's a good guy. Man, what a fun pick. <laughs> I'm going to play a side project for uh, Grizzly Bear. Nice. So um, Grizzly Bear is a band that like kind of grows on me in a lot of ways. Like each time I listen to a record, I'm super critical of it. And I find myself almost always a little bit underwhelmed and a little disappointed. And then I go back to it later and I realize like, oh, I missed a lot of stuff. There's something really interesting going on here. And Daniel Rawson, who's in Grizzly Bear, did a side project called Department of Eagles. And this was a one and done. I kind of held with the one and done for my picks this week. But they put a record out in 2008 called In Ear Park. The uh, album is essentially Daniel Rawson and a buddy of his from New York University named Fred Nicholas. And the two of them originally had done a whole bunch of cool projects like mashup beats and samples and stuff. And then at some point, I think they just outgrew that. And Daniel joined Grizzly Bear in like 2004 and then basically kind of went very much more of a folk alternative rock route that we know Grizzly Bear for. This is a record that has other influences. And I love this particular song. It sort of stuck with me and haunted me. It, it has almost a girl group kind of a production style, but it also has a lot of the emotion that Daniel Rawson has in his voice. And it has also almost a Van Dyke Parks or Paul McCartney kind of musicality to it. And it's just one of those songs that just stuck with me. So I will play it for you. It is called No One Does It Like You. It is the Department of Eagles. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 11. Splits and spinoffs. Oh, 
found it very emotionally satisfying somehow. Yeah, that was interesting. I've never heard that before. I like it. I like the production of it. Kind of really reminds me of like um, Kinks era, the sort of Village Green Preservation Society mm-hmm. yeah. kind of stuff, you know, when they're getting a little more psychedelic. Yeah, totally. I like it. That's actually a nice connection. It's also a little bit of Ray Davies kind of colorful, melodic songwriting. That's a great metaphor. Where the heck are Grizzly Bear? Grizzly Bear, well, they're East I Coast. I mean, they haven't put out a record in... What, four years at least? Yeah, they're living in different cities as part of it. Are they done? No, I think Chris Bear is doing score stuff right now. Okay. Ed Drost, I think, is living in New York. They're all kind of in different places. I'm not sure where Daniel Rawson is right now. I think they're kind of just figuring out when they're ready to do another record. Yeah, I should go back. I really haven't listened to anything of theirs since uh, Vecamist. <laughs> do we all know what that is? No, please tell us. Do you know what Vecatomist is? Anybody? I used to know. No, go. Let's hear it. Bueller? Bueller? It's an island. It's right near Matsu's Vineyard, actually. Oh, really? Oh, okay. It's a Massachusetts island. I don't know if there's any people on it. I think you can visit it, but I don't know that anyone lives on it. Huh. Oh, let's go there. Yeah. So, just throwing it out there, a little trivia. Yeah. <laughs> Special deep cuts lost and found coming from Vicamus sometime soon. <laughs> Chris, why don't you take us forward? Where do you want to go? Okay. So, I think the next song I would like to do is by a little band called Sebado. Ah. You know, sort of grew out of Diamond. Dinosaur Jr., Lou Barlow, I think, had a bit of a creative struggle over the sort of leadership of that band with Jay Maskus and Dinosaur Jr. and went off and started his own band. Well, one of them's a genius. Yes, one of them is a genius. <laughs> and he started a band called Sebado. Don't! Um, so I'm sure he felt much like George Harrison did at some point in the Beatles. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> really? I only get one song per album? Come on. You'll, like, you'll play one song and like it. <laughs> and so as far as I'm concerned, 1994's Bake Sale by Sebado is there all things must pass. So uh, it's a great album, loaded top to bottom with great songs. I'm choosing um, the song Not Too Amused. I could have chosen any song, but the reason I chose this one is because I know Derek is a fan. And one time when we were listening to it, he pointed out the, the line, Black Tar Living Room Couch Professor, which is a nonsense line. But now it's like, I can't listen to the song without hearing it. Anyway, my point is Sebado's great. And I would argue... And I, I will argue yeah, you will. that Sebado is a better band than Dinosaur Jr. Wrong. We'll talk about it after the break. You heard it here first. I don't know. Oh. I love them both. Extremely important. Yeah, all right. Mealy mouth. But if somebody put a gun to my head and said, you can only choose one, I would say, eh, shoot me then. Really? What? what? You'd rather die than choose between Dinosaur Jr. and Sebado? <laughs> I'm just making a point. I'm not saying. I'm just saying they're both, I, I hold them both in very high esteem. Yeah, all right, great. Thanks for settling with that. <laughs> yeah, that was really wishy-washy. I don't believe in lists the way you do. Oh, good God. (laughs) Thank God Derek never won an Academy Award because he wouldn't accept it. I don't believe in ranking these sort of things. All right, without further ado, not too amused by Sebado. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, round 11.
Tonight's hot take of the night, I guess, that uh, out of Dinosaur Jr.'s ashes comes an even better band, Sebado. No, no, wrong. Uh, I also think this is probably one of the best album covers. I love this album cover. Yes. It is a great album cover. It's him. He's the chubby baby in the digging in the toilet. It's him when it's one, he's one year old. Yes. Oh, that's even better. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's this chubby baby, super chubby baby. Oh, it's got big thighs. No clothes on, digging around in the toilet. <laughs> with this sort of like <laughs> casual workman-like intensity. Yeah. Yes. Like I'm just, I gotta get this thing. It's in the toilet, you know? Like, it's fantastic. He's two years old. He doesn't know any better. Yeah, but it's great. Yeah, his thighs are like roast beef. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's great. All right, well, I'm gonna go all Derek Brain and challenge on this one. Uh-oh. No, Lou Barlow's great. He's no Jay Mascus. But <sighs> you know this is a Jason Lowenstein song. Yeah, fine. I'm ta- We were talking about Sebado versus Dinosaur Jr. Okay, okay. Not. We weren't talking about the songwriting merits of... Of one, <laughs> but it, it's not even Lou singing; it's Jason. He also sings um, "Got It," which is my favorite song from this record. Yes, I think this is a fantastic record too. I love Bake Sale. I love Pharmacy. I love Folk Implosion. Centrido, not so much. Pharmacy. Pharmacy. Sorry, sorry. Right, he drops the P. Sorry, and maybe that's what he dropped in the toilet <laughs> when he was one. <laughs> He's looking for the P. I put that P in there. I swear. <laughs> but it is not better than "You're Living All Over Me," Bug. Green Mind, I'll take those three records, I'm sorry. Okay, well, we can agree to disagree, but we do disagree, just to be clear. (laughs) Yes, we do, and Derek just is right in the middle. I love all my children equally. (laughs) Derek's like the muddy moat in a a game of of tug-of-war. He just, you know. Take a side, man. All right. Dinosaur Jr. Oh! Oh! For the win, X gets the square. Uh, Unless Tom's going to side with Nash, and I don't think he will. But that has more to do with when those records came out in my life. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Qualify it, conditional it, whatever you need to do. Yeah. We're still your friend, Derek, either way. Don't worry. No judgments. No judgments. Well, Billy, you get to now carry us forward for potentially... Yes, let's shit on your selection, Bill. Yeah, keep stirring it up, boy. Yeah, let's... I said you're Selection's great. I'm just saying it's not as good as Dinosaur Jr. Okay. That's all I'm uh-huh. saying. Uh, no. Uh-huh. Without further ado. Yeah, without further ado, Crowded House is better than Split Ends. Um, I'm going with Crowded House. I'll go with that. Who emerged from Split Ends. So Split Ends, a band from New Zealand. Tim Finn was the leader of the band. His younger brother, Neil, joins the band and is much better than Tim. Sorry, Tim. Neil writes, you know, I Got You, which is Split Ends' big hit. Tim thinks he's really special. He goes off on his own. Splits up the band. Neil says, all right, well, I'll start Crowded House. I'll take the drummer and we'll, we'll start a band. Hits it big with Don't Dream It's Over. And this is from their sophomore record. I'm going from uh, Temple of Low Men, which is kind of an overlooked record. Came out in 1988, produced by Mitchell Froom. 
I'm going to go with the song Mansion in the Slums. My first song was about drug addiction. This one's really about uh, money addiction or desire for material things. It's called Mansion in the Slums by Crowded House. Deep Cuts, round 11. I'd much rather have a caravan in the hills than a mansion in the such great songwriting like it has so many changes to it it reminds me of kind of like what i like about world party and certain bands that were really ambitious and yep. filling all their production into it and it's got like almost uncertain smile piano solo kind of thing going on and the yeah. mexicali horns and just great songwriting and the lyrics are fantastic yeah yeah he's a real craftsman yeah neil finn's fantastic they're a really good band i mean i, I don't know this album at all and so i'm really happy you chose it and i'm not just trying to suck up after losing the uh, <laughs> Dinosaur Jr. versus Sebado battle. I'll take, I'll take it. He's just such a good songwriter. It's just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. He really is. And you forget, because like they're one of those bands that you know the hits, and the hits have almost, you've heard it too many times, and you forget what great records they are. Like, yeah. top to bottom, like there's great songwriting all throughout. Sometimes it's really only like a bridge in the middle of another song that's a throwaway to them, and you're like, my God, how many bands would ask for that bridge? Just great. Yeah, he, yeah as, as Derek said, great craftsman, fantastic songwriter. And he, like I said, he's the younger brother of Tim. Tim comes in and out of his life. You know, Tim invites him to join split ends. Neil's really good at it. Tim leaves the band. <laughs> Neil then starts Crowded House, is successful, and Tim comes back <laughs> and joins him for Rec One record and then leaves again. And uh, I think they're still making music. Crowded House put out a record this past year. So I'm glad to see them doing stuff. I feel like that Split Ends album was like really my gateway drug into New Wave in a way. I mean, that was really mm -hmm. one of the first New Wave sounding songs I think I ever really loved. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I Got You is still an incredible record. I love listening to that. Yeah. Good stuff. Nice. Yeah. All right, Derek, where do you want to take us? All right. I'm going to vie for 
the pick that is the most, that is the best example of splits and spinoffs. <laughs> I'm vying for that title tonight. Yeah. Oh, wow. You're throwing it down. All right, I am. I'm laying it down. All right. Go big or go home. So uh, the band Uncle Tupelo, who is sort of the the Velvet Underground of alt country in the respect that like, <laughs> you know, they really only got important and credit for what they did after they split up. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And they pretty much split into two bands. They split into Sunvolt and Wilco. Jay Farrar and Mike Hedern from Join Sunvolt, Jeff Tweedy and the rest of the Uncle Tupelo formed Wilco. And that split resulted in two amazing albums, Wilco's AM and this album by Sunvolt Trace came out in 1995. I listened the heck out of this record, Trace. I, it really spoke to me. I just, I really liked it. It really got its hooks in me. Out of just the sort of twang and grit of Jay Farrar's voice, um, you know, there's some really pretty kind of acoustic folk on it, but there's also just some real rockers on it. But this specific song, uh, Root, is, uh, I don't know, it's a real kind of bummer of a song lyrically, but the kind of energy of the music kind of makes it level out. And I don't know, again, it's got this thing that I really like that certain, you know, rock bands do where there's sort of this pause right before everything comes back in that just songs that do that, I kind of am a real sucker for. <laughs> and this song has that, whereas there's, there's just this moment where everything stops and they come back in. I love it. Wait for the drop. Yeah. Are you also going to say Jay Ferrara is better than Jeff Tweedy? No, I'm not. I mean, I, you know, oh, 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 good. Oh. this record is, you know, really important to me. I love, love, love this record. Right. Did I continue to listen to other Sunvolt output the way I listened to Wilco? No. Yeah. But if you're talking about this specific split and whether I wanted to pick something from Wilco's AM or Trace, there was a, absolutely no contest. So this is the song Root or Route from the album Trace by the band Sunvolt. Yeah. 
I totally hear you on the drop, man. The drop is great. I know. You can see Derek at the club just waiting for it. It's the drop, I guess. Yeah, it's my guitar rock version of, of the EMD drop. I'm waiting. Oh, there it is. <laughs> you don't, don't, really don't have to wait nearly as long, I think. I know. It's like a half second. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like that one. Over the falls in a barrel. Yeah, it's got a great feel. <laughs> Over the falls in a barrel. Come on. It's really good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, Jay Farrow's got a great voice. Is he still making music? Yeah, I think... Uh, Solo or with Sunvolt? With Sunvolt. I think uh, they put out something recently. Okay. I think they're on tour. I think it was... Okay. I got to look at that. I think I want to go see them. I think they're coming around. All right. Yeah, I just heard that uh, Wilco is doing a bunch of shows. Mainly, they're trying to kind of fill in uh, canceled shows because of COVID. Right. So there's a lot of bands right now that are trying to kind of fit in as many shows as possible because of all the stuff that was done and for the fans that already paid for it. And the really interesting thing is... Fans have not been asking for their money back. They're kind of like, all right, you know what? I can't wait for it to come back and it's going to be that much more special. So I feel like those shows will really have that energy. Like people just were like, I want to go and see Wilco or I want to go see Sunvolt. And hopefully they'll get a chance to do it and uh, we'll see how the summer goes. Uh, Wilco's being their own little sort of, they're their own sort of, you know, cottage industry. They're doing like these destinations. themselves. Destination festivals and stuff. I think they're like, they have kind of enough of a, committed fan base and kind of a like-minded group of folks that like to follow them around that they're doing these, like they're doing something in Mexico. Yeah. A big, you know, kind of delayed festival thing. It's great to be like in your fifties and able to make a career, you know, God bless that. Yeah. Oh, they're doing great. I'm not, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think Wilco's making a nice living. <laughs> well, I'm going to close out the show with uh, sort of a, a weird sort of super band project. We would expect nothing less. <laughs> yes. Keep Tom weird. Keep it weird. You guys have a lot of like bands that had big splits. Like the, it sounds, I don't know how the Wilco split, or I should say how the Uncle Tupelo split was, but I get the impression that it was like everybody was tired. Acrimonious. Acrimonious. So this is kind of the opposite. This is a bunch of artists who were touring in the mid 90s, or sorry, the mid 2000s, early 2000s, mid 2000s, and they kept on bumping into each other. That was a time period there were a lot of these festivals opening up. You had Lollapalooza and you had Coachella and different opportunities for bands that had some like-minded connection getting a chance to hang out, especially if you had two weekend versions that a lot of these did. So they'd be around for a week doing one-off shows. One of the interesting things that came out of that is the band Monsters of Folk, which is essentially a one and done band. I try to stick with that same concept. It's a side project for Jim James of My Morning Jacket, uh, Connor Oberst and Mike Mojus of uh, Bright Eyes, Will Johnson and M. Ward all kind of gathering together. It's very hard, obviously, for a band like that to be able to do it multiple times. So it's a one and done kind of record. And it was a record that when it came out, it was so understated and kind of low key, as you could kind of imagine from those cats doing it, that it was really beautiful. And there was one song that I felt kind of captured some of what I love the most about Jim James, for example, and his voice, and also the sort of understated qualities of a lot of the other artists, including M. Ward. I feel like they're all very interesting, unique artists. And this song just has a very powerful emotional connection to me. So I thought I would uh, play it for you. It is, again, the band is Monsters of Folk. It is called His Master's Voice. It's Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 11.
I find it so emotional. Yeah, that's fantastic. Musically and lyrically, it's terrific. Never heard of it. Thank you. Yeah. I, for years, tried to find a home for it in one of my projects. And <laughs> a few years ago, I went to go see a film by Martin McDonough, who I love. I'm a huge fan of his films. Um, one of my favorite movies of all time is In Bruges. I think it's just like the perfect Ditto. perfect comedy. It's just brilliant. Yep. And I love Seven Psychopaths in its own way. It's a, not a successful movie. And then they did Three Billboards, which is uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. And it's a beautiful film, and this song is in it. And I remember hearing it happen, and I was like, oh. Ah, you're like, someone got to it first. You're like, it should have been me. Oh, <laughs> and it was really nice. And I just thought like, you know what? If I have to lose it to anybody, it's to Martin McDonough and God bless him. And he's got a new movie, uh, which he's doing, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, Colin Farrell and uh, Brendan Gleeson are going to be together again. And Ooh, I, nice. In Bruges too? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. It sounds- More Brugier? What's it called? Right. <laughs> Brugier, better. Her. Keep on Brugier. <laughs> <laughs> Boogaloo. Yeah, so that kind of closes out. So let me read off the one that we had. We're going to do our big vote, which is kind of exciting. Yes. Yeah. Oh, boy. Whew. I know. It's a hard one. When do we do further further listening after the vote? No, let's do further listening now, actually. You're right. Let's do that first. Okay. All right. So let's do further listening. So, Derek, what would be your further listening? I'm going to recommend a really amazing kind of side project. This is the record came out in 2003 called Out of Season by Beth Gibbons from Portishead and Rustin Mann. Yeah. Nice. Oh. You know, from uh, a.k.a. Paul Webb, the bass player in Talk Talk. Talk Talk. Brilliant. It's a really amazing record. It's not electronic in any way. Lots of orchestration. The arrangements are really incredible. Beth Gibbons' voice is just so amazing throughout this record. She's doing so much. Like some songs, she sort of sounds like Billie Holiday. Some stuff she sounds like her. In particular, there's a song on it called Tom the Model that I just couldn't get out of my head for years and years and was have been super disappointed that the record is on Spotify, but only like one song from it is sort of accessible. Mm. But I love this record. It's kind of a perfect record that kind of requires a certain amount of attention or it can just play in the background, mm -hmm. what have you. But I, I think it's great. It's um, Out of Season by Beth Gibbons and Rustin Mann. Nice. That's a good choice. Yeah. 
So good. I love that pick. It's such a fantastic record. Again, that's a perfect example of like further listening. Like if you didn't know about Rustin Man, that is a record that you're going to hopefully buy. Yeah, I mean, he's got a bunch of interesting stuff on his just himself too. Totally. Chris, where would you like to? I'm going to go with a band uh, that is pretty much the definition of what we're talking about um, because they have just such a rotating cast of characters. Um, the Golden Palominos, nice. the um, album Visions of Excess, which has the Michael Stipe boy go on it, which is yep. really, it's like the best R.E.M. song that R.E.M. never did. It's really terrific. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's Anton Fear and Bill Laswell and uh, Nikki Scapolitis. And it's got lots of you know, Richard Thompson plays with them, Chris Stamey, Bernie Worrell, Sid Straw, Arto Lindsay, John Zorn. Like, it's just a great all-star group of like really sort of low profile a lot of low profile musicians that put together great music. So I would recommend that one. Super group of super groups. That's a great pick. Uh, Billy. I debated on this. I'm going to go with the band Hex. Mm. I don't know if you guys know them. It's Steve Kilby from the church and it's Donette Thayer, who was in game theory. And I guess they were romantically involved. They put on an album just called Hex. I think it was 1989. It's a very quiet sort of folky, but there's some electronic elements to it. Really lovely record. So I highly recommend it. It's Hex and it's just called Hex. And by the way, Starfish was the nickname that Steve Kilby gave to his girlfriend, Donut Thayer. And that was, of course, the oh. record that broke the church, the album Starfish, you know, that had under the Milky Way. So check out Hex. Yeah, great. Excellent pick. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, Fugazi. Wait, you're going with Fugazi? Uh, what? Huh? That's great. Good for you. Yeah. What is happening? Where am I? That is not a Tom pick. Something has gone wrong here. That is a Derek or Nash pick or even me, but not you. All right. Totally hear you. Uh, this record, for whatever reason, really hit me. So Which one? Yeah, which one? 13 songs? This is the first EP, the very first EP. Uh-huh. 13 songs. Yeah. 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 It has in the waiting room. Well, actually, the 13 songs is the full record. I heard the EP on cassette mm-hmm. of course tom heard it on cassette you know before anyone else had heard it uh, yeah <laughs> which was in the waiting room and about four other songs so minor threat dissolved and ian mckay uh basically started a new band and it's fugazi yeah now did i follow them a great distance thereafter no but that record i played a lot and i had it on cassette and it was one of those cassettes that i just kind of i think because it was new i think it was moving into like honestly like derek's territory or maybe <laughs> like other 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 one of our gang's territory and i was like mm-hmm. this is really speaking to me and through repetition i kind of got what was so great about hardcore which i had not understood before so fugazi was for me an opening into a lot of hardcore and getting into Bad Brains and a lot of other bands I would not have gotten into had they not given me that entryway. And that particular EP, that first album, which ended up being 13 songs, really kind of opened the the world to me. And it's funny, a a while ago I met somebody who picked me up at the airport. They were taking me to a conference that was like outside in Louisiana, deep woods, Louisiana. And I get in the car, she's picking me up in the car and I look there and there's a cassette of the Fugazi record. And I'm like, we're going to be friends. (laughs) Yep. And we were, and uh, our dogs are buddies because of and this. The bass riff of Waiting Room started playing. Oh man. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I know, I want to hear it right now. I know, I thought the same thing. So satisfying. And I also want to just go one, two, three, repeat it. Oh, it's super, super great. <laughs> yeah. That's a good choice, Tom. Unexpected. Good one. Unexpected. All right. Well, I think it's time for our vote. Does everybody want to, everyone ready to do it? Uh, remind us what we played here. Yes. Rundown. Here's the breakdown. So, run it down. Chris opened it up with a, a wonderfully surprising choice. African Bombada teaming up with John Lydon in the Time Zone Project, a one and done if there ever was one. Uh, World Destruction is the title of the track. Billy came in with Twilight Singers, one of Greg Dooley's side projects. $40 is the track from Powder Burns. Derek came in with Fire Hose. Chemical Wire is the song, and what a wonderful story behind that. Uh, Rage and Full On, by the way, check out the cover. It's a house on fire, and what's really nice is it feels like a cathartic record in a lot of ways. So all that Derek talked about is a chance to really think about how do you handle grief? Department of Eagles is what I came in with. A side project for Daniel Rawson of Grizzly Bear in Ear Park is the name of the song. No One Does It Like You is the name of the song. I'm sorry, the album is in Ear Park. Nash came in with uh, Sebado, not too amused with his uh, hot take that Sebado is the stronger of the uh, breakoff of the Dinosaur Jr. Uh, divorce, as it were. Bake Sale is the album. I'm actually with you, Chris. I think this is an incredible record, and I like Bake Sale more than I think any uh, Dinosaur Jr. record. So Where were you? 
when we were fighting it out. <laughs> I wanted to let it all. Jeez. He was just waiting to see who won. Yeah. And then. Uh... Jeez. <laughs> there you go. Billy came in with Crowded House and the beautiful song Mansion in the Slums. Great production. Great lyrics. It's from Temple of Low Men, a record that is worth going back to and checking out. Uh, Derek came in with Sunvolt and the song Root from Trace. And uh, I closed it out with the Monsters of Folk and his master's voice, a song I think about every time I see my dog. So uh, there you go. Nice. Go ahead and do our little vote, shall we? And go. Wait, what? Hold on. Right. I'm totally confused. Uh, we got a split vote. Wait, what's going on here? I got two, but uh, looks you like... You got two, but two different songs. But two different things, yeah. So Tom, uh, I voted for Tom's Monsters of Folk. Oh. Derek voted for uh, Sebado for me. Bill voted for... For Fugazi. <laughs> which wasn't on the list. <laughs> that was just a story. The okay. second choice was World Destruction by me and... Tom chose. So you win because I I, I I hedged my bet and went with World Destruction. All right. There you go. Chris Nashawati. All right. I'll take it. By a nose. The champion. Chris Nashawati. I'll lead off the bonus round. Yep. That's right. So check us out on Patreon. We will be doing another round. Uh, boy, is it going to be hard to figure out what it's going to be. And you'll get us arguing about yeah. which part of the divorce is the better part of the divorce. We're like children in the middle of a bad custody battle. Kramer versus Kramer. And Derek just wants the parents to get along. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's so true. Let's talk about where you can find us. Billy, you want to break uh, the social media? Well, as you said, check us out on Patreon, Deep Cuts Lost and Found. Twitter, Deep Cuts Lost and Found. And uh, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. And uh, leave a review. Yeah, let us know what you think. Uh, we're going to be coming back next week, probably with a year. Do we know what year we're doing? Anybody want to? 1986. 86, I think we're on. Yeah, 86. 1986. Man, is that hot spot. 86, 87, whatever it takes. Sweet spot <laughs> of our high school experience. So I think if you saw a few elbows thrown tonight, you're going to see a few more next week. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. It has been Deep Cuts, Lost and Found, Round 11 Splits and Spinoffs is the theme. What a fun one. Derek Brain, Chris Nashawati, Billy Federko, Thomas Golubich, myself, with you all. Come on back next week. We got more stuff in store. Peace. Ha, ha, ha.